Do you know the one stat and skill that all uh, over 90% of high performers share, which is almost all high performers. And at the same time, this same skill, less than 20% of leaders in Fortune 500 companies possess. Do you know the answer? The skill in mention is emotional in intelligence. And we're going to talk about what emotional intelligence is, how it's defined. But this is video number two of our leadership and influence in leadership series, where last week we talked about the sequence of self-mastery, which is creating a plan, fueling that plan with power, which is what we're talking about today with emotional intelligence. It's discovering your purpose as a leader. It is surrounding yourself with the right people, and it is making progress as a leader, 1% progress each day. And today we're diving into the skill that is potentially the most important skill when it comes to being a highly effective leader, a leader who leads with influence, a leader who builds trust amongst their team, and a leader who builds and develops a great and healthy culture amongst their team. But for those who want some more stats on this, only 22% of leaders were found to have strong emotional intelligence. People's People managers say that emotional intelligence is most important in the following situation. Leading through change, which is right now, giving feedback to their team, addressing personal issues. And if you can't address personal issues with your team, then there's a bigger problem there. And spotting talent, bringing on the right people on your team, bringing on the right person or bringing on the wrong person on your team will cost you over $4,000 for each wrong hire that you bring on your team. And if, if you're hiring for an executive position, then you've made a six-figure mistake by bringing on the wrong person. So it's so important, this idea of emotional intelligence. And employees with emotional intelligent managers are four times less likely to leave their job. So just imagine the impact that strengthening emotional intelligence among your team will create. I'm Brandon Eastman. I am the founder of Be Better Industries and the host of the Be Better broadcast. And I work with Fortune 500 teams to help their leaders become more influential and lead with impact, which underlies a foundation of self mastery. It's great to have you here. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we're going to talk about three tips to strengthen your emotional intelligence and at the same time, transplant these ideas amongst your leadership team at your next team meeting or in your one-on-one -on -one conversations so that you can create a more emotionally intelligent leadership team. Because when I moved into leadership for the first time, I was technically 19 years old. And I just thought that leadership and management was a title. I believed that by being in the role, I immediately became a leader or a manager. And I was in for a rude awakening. That was not the case. I did everything that could possibly go wrong. I did it wrong. I had no emotional intelligence. I had no idea how to address personal issues with my team. I was still a gossiper. I wasn't leading myself. I had no idea of the concept of self-mastery or even of the concept of personal development. And at 19, I was moved into leadership and then demoted. And then at 20 years old, I moved into leadership again and I didn't learn from my past mistakes and I was once again demoted. And at 21, I'm thinking to myself, how can I continue to be moved into leadership and then be demoted? I was blaming everything else except for the root cause of my problem, which was myself. And that's when my leader at the time took me under his wing and said, Brandon, if you want to lead other people, if you want other people to respect you, then you have to respect 
yourself. And he introduced me to the world of personal and professional development. And over time, I became more emotionally intelligent. I began to understand what emotions were. And I'd like to share with you three strategies that will help you become more emotionally intelligent and then give these same ideas and principles to your leadership team. So without further ado, number one is the emotional hamster wheel. We have to think about what emotions are and where they come from. And when it comes down to emotional intelligence, I'd like to give you the actual definition of what emotional intelligence is. Emotional intelligence, which I'm finding from the website Very Well Mind, and this is a very agreed on definition, is the ability to perceive, interpret, demonstrate, control, evaluate, and use emotions to communicate with and relate to others effectively and constructively. This ability to express and control emotions is essential, but so is the ability to understand, interpret, and respond to the emotions of others. So what are signs of emotional intelligence? Describing how people are feeling just by looking at them. An awareness of personal strengths and limitations, which helps you to move people into their correct role, which fills the third P in the sequence of self-mastery, which is purpose. It helps you to be more self-confident and self-accepted. It's the ability to let go of mistakes, the ability to accept and embrace change, a strong sense of curiosity, so on and so forth. This idea of emotional intelligence is so powerful. And it's not just something you have or you don't have. Emotional intelligence is a skill that you improve and get better on. And some of us are already strong at it because we grew up in an environment, maybe in our childhood or in our community, where we had to become emotionally intelligent in order to know what mood our parents were in, what mood our friends were in, in order to get our way, in order to influence at a very young age, right? So some of us have this underlying foundation of emotional intelligence that moves into the workplace with us. And this is when we look at young leaders who are successful and we say, wow, they're a mature leader. They've just got it going on. But it's not the case. It simply means that they've practiced this skill longer. And number one is the idea of the emotional hamster wheel. What are emotions? What do they lead to? So I want you to think of your emotions, right? What creates an emotion? What sparks an emotion in us? And if we think about what an emotion actually is, Emotion is vibration, right? Emotion is simply energy that's moving at a specific frequency and it's moving in a specific direction throughout and around our physical body or our physical vessel or whatever you want to believe, right? So our emotions come from our thoughts. Our thoughts lead to emotion. So if we're at work and we have someone who is having a rough day, maybe someone on our team, then we might have the thought of, I wish that person could pull it together, right? That thought will then lead to an emotion of frustration or even anger, right? And that will lead to resentment towards that person. And then our emotions lead to our actions, right? So if we're feeling frustrated, if we're feeling angry, then the action we're going to take towards that member of our team isn't going to be a very constructive action, right? It's going to look like you talking down to them. It's going to be you trying to explain to them how they should feel. It's going to maybe even be you ignoring them, which ignoring them is still a conscious action that's being taken. So if you think about your thoughts leading to your emotions and then leading to your actions, it's a completely revolving door. That's why we call it the hamster wheel. Your actions will then lead to new thoughts and new emotions and new actions. And it's a constant revolving wheel. So the question is, when we're first starting out on this journey of strengthening our emotional intelligence as a leader, 
How do we start to change the vibration and the energy on the emotional hamster wheel? Is it to focus on our thoughts and try to change our thoughts? No, because 99% of the thoughts that we have on a daily basis are simply the same thoughts we had the day before. So that would be difficult. Is it to try to change our emotions? No, because that would be even more difficult because our emotions come from our thoughts. So that leaves us with our actions, right? By changing our actions, even if it might be difficult, we begin to change the hamster wheel. We begin to influence the thoughts that we're experiencing, the emotions that we're having, which lead to better actions. So at the very beginning, if we focus on constructive and strong actions that we can take and look to make these actions a daily routine, actions such as checking in with our team, asking people on our team, how are you doing? Maybe without even giving advice, just simply asking people, how are you? Are you okay? Maybe one of the actions you implement into your routine or help your leaders implement into their routine is the action of giving positive feedback when the people on your team did something great, when they had a successful project, when they hit a certain sales number or a quota or completed a project in a great way giving constructive and positive feedback to that person will then give you new thoughts and new emotions, which will lead to new actions. And then once you start and get better at this and get better at this, the hamster wheel, the emotional hamster wheel becomes a positive vibration hamster wheel that builds momentum. And the more momentum you build, the stronger your emotional intelligence becomes. So that's step one, focus on the right actions to create new thoughts and new emotions that lead to better actions. Number two is record your emotions on a daily basis. This is one of the most overlooked ways to improve your emotional intelligence because it sounds so simple, but the number one way to improve your emotional intelligence is to become aware of the emotions that you're even experiencing on a daily basis. Right. I wish I looked up the stat, but I'd like to know how many different emotions does the average person experience on a daily basis? Let's look it up. How many different emotions does one experience in a day? Let's see if we can find the answer. Wow. The average person has more than 400 emotional experiences every day. And that stat comes from the Society for Human Resource Management. And uh, it's a .org website, so it looks like a pretty reputable website. So over 400 emotions, and obviously maybe we can't even name 400 emotions, but we certainly can name 30 or even 10 or even 12 or 15. And it's actually something that's discussed is the more emotions that you can be aware of throughout your day, the more emotions that you can name and actually label as an emotion, the more emotionally intelligent you are. So if you're able to name 400 different emotions, then you are a significantly emotionally intelligent leader and human being. I don't know if I can name 400. I I, I can maybe name 50 emotions if I really sat down and tried. But the goal here is begin to record the emotions that you're experiencing on a daily basis. When you feel great, take your phone out, go in your notes app and record that you feel great or have a notebook that you carry around with you or a small little notepad and write down, I'm feeling sad in this moment. I'm feeling excited in this moment. I'm feeling depressed in this moment. I'm feeling like I've achieved something in this moment. I'm feeling confident in this moment. Write down all the emotions that you experience on a daily basis and do this for seven days. It will take some time each day. Realistically, it might take you 15 minutes collectively throughout the day, 
to write down the different emotions that you're experiencing. And then you'll get better at this. And then you'll come up with new emotions. And the more emotions you name, the more emotionally intelligent you become. But the goal and the outcome of this exercise is after seven days, you're going to start recognizing the emotion that you're feeling so that if you're feeling frustrated, you'll know and you'll say to yourself, in this moment, I'm feeling pretty frustrated right now. Maybe this isn't the best time to go have that conversation with Joe or Susie about their performance. Maybe this isn't the best time to make the phone call to Richard because I'm upset right now. I'm not in the best emotional state right now. So I'll give myself 90 seconds to change and alter that emotional state so that I can actually have a positive conversation with Joe, Susie, or Richard, right? The more aware you are of your emotions, the more power that you have and the more emotionally intelligent that you'll become. And that leads us to number three. Number three is to never identify with an emotion that you're experiencing. With over 400 emotions that you're experiencing on a daily basis, how could you possibly identify yourself as one of those emotions? As an example, how often do you hear people say the words, I am depressed, or I am shy, or I am sad, right? When we use the words I am and put anything after those two words, We begin to identify with that state of being. And when we identify with something, identity is a whole other beast. If we identify with something, we begin to search and find that specific thing or emotion in this sense in every little circumstance or situation in our life. So if we say, I am depressed, do you think you're going to experience more depression than the person who doesn't say I am depressed. So whenever you hear your leader say, I am, and then something disempowering, ask them questions such as, how how does that feel? How does that go? Right? What does that look like to be depressed? What does that look like to be frustrated, to be sad? How often do you experience that? Right? And if they say, I'm always depressed, you can say all the time, right now, when you're sleeping, Right. So this idea of identifying with an emotion can be dangerous because you are not simply one emotion. You are experiencing a whole range of emotions. So you aren't frustrated. You're experiencing frustration. You aren't depressed. You're experiencing depression in this moment. So begin to recognize what emotions you're feeling. Understand the concept of the emotional hamster wheel. And never identify with your emotions. Remember that you are simply experiencing your emotions. And I'd like to share with you one more really powerful stat when it comes to emotional intelligence. And that is right here. Let's make sure it's broadcasting. There we go. 87% of millennials today, which is most of your workforce are motivated by the emotional intelligence of their leaders to help the company succeed. The Chartered Governance Institute of the United Kingdom and Ireland report that emotional intelligence accounts for nearly 90% of what sets high-performing leaders apart from those with similar technical skills and knowledge. And this is the scary part. 64% of organizations spend only 10% or less of their training and development budget on leadership development and emotional 
intelligence. 37% of these organizations use emotional intelligence to help inform their leadership development programs. That is a scary stat, being that emotional intelligence could quite possibly be the most important leadership skill and skill in general to becoming an influential leader and to leading an organization to success. So if you're ready to bring in principles of emotional intelligence to your leadership team, then reach out to me. Send me a message. I'd love to have a conversation with you about what strengths are of your team, where your team may be falling short with these concepts. And I'd love to have a conversation about how we can work together in order to strengthen your leadership team and help them to become more influential. I'm Brandon Eastman with Be Better Industries. This is what I do. This is how I help teams. And I would love to help yours and to have the opportunity. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode two of becoming a highly influential leader who leads with impact. We will see you next week for episode three. And until we talk again next time, continue to be better.